How different do you think this show would be? This is yeah. kind of this is like a fun little mind experiment. Let's Ooh, pretend. Yeah. Let's pretend game. we're ten years older and ten years younger. And how different Whoa. is this show Whoa. when that happens? You know what I mean. So if we were ten years older, we would be. Uh, I think I'm going to make some predictions. Grumpier about new games, right? And more interested in the old stuff. Yeah. And talking about how that is better. We, yeah. It would be more of a retro more, games show. We'd be more into like Atari, and we'd be more into ColecoVision and stuff. I don't know. I don't know if we'd be that generation. Yeah. But it would be that we were, if we were 10 years older, we would have been in our 20s during the 16-bit and 32-bit yeah. era. Right. So I feel like those eras, which to me are already, I mean, I love that We stuff. would have been graduating high school yeah. like the year after Ocarina of Time came out. If we yeah. were 10 years older, that's right. where we're at. Right. So what I love about this kind of age thing in gaming uh, is everyone is incredibly judgmental with each other uh, and, and like in like bad Twitter online discourse, you know, but it's like if you admit that you are five years younger than someone else, you are immediately some, somehow disqualified to other people to talk about. It. It's like, what? Whoa. You didn't play Goldeneye in college? You're dumb. It's like, well, I'm sorry that I was 15 when I was 15. That's not well, my fault. <laughs> actually, I do want to say I I have never really been that big of a Goldeneye person, and I think it's because yeah. I wasn't in a college dorm yeah. when Goldeneye was out. That stuff and matters, I, man. Yeah, it's funny that your example is one I do agree with. I right. think you had to have been there, right. because honestly, the game, what's there, played in a vacuum. Yeah. It's not that good. It's fine. Ten, ten years uh, older. Here's here's actually my prediction. If we were ten years older, Quake would have been even higher on this list. We would have been massively, oh, yeah. massively into Quake. That's, uh, that's uh. kind of how that goes. But see, we would. It's funny because I think we nailed it. Uh, well, I mean, of course, we nail it every time. But uh, <laughs> whenever we were kind of talking about Quake and Halo in quick succession, I believe we said that in the yeah. Halo episode yeah, where we were like, "Listen, like." Like, Quake belonged to a generation that wasn't us, so we did not experience the culture around it. We just yep. played it in a vacuum. Right. And, but Halo, we experienced that culture. And now that right. I say this out loud, I can say definitively I wish I had been 10 years older because Quake yep. is a cooler game. Wait, Quake <laughs> is way cooler. Stuff stuff that at that time was way cooler. I, you know, I was playing rock band in college, and that's not as cool as the, the stuff other people were playing in college. I don't know. Us. Rock bands. It's it was cool. That was a fun era. We went nuts. We we when we rock band, we did it crazy at our college. We rock band we, out. We rented once a week. We rented uh like a whole like speaking hall and had it on a big projector and like blasted like had huge speaker system. We played some rock band. Buddy. Wait, I don't even. I don't know what you're talking about. I did me, not do this that. This was in this was in Santa Fe, New Mexico, in my single semester in Whoa. Santa Fe. Shout out to all my all my Santa Fe friends. George R. Martin, he'd come and show up every week, you know. Yeah. And he was man, he what a slick bass lick that guy could pull. <laughs> yeah, but bass in rock band was just guitar, but easier. <laughs> so that isn't really. That's why which I, I, love I always it. hated. As somebody, I love I I love good bass. You know, yeah. good bass. I love good bass. the bass. Love the good bass. Yeah, and I didn't like the way rock band was just like, yeah, it's just, just the same, but easier. It's not easier. Uh, the the strings are they hurt your fingers Says more. Every bassist of all time. It's not easier. It's just as hard. 
Let's go! Hello and welcome to the Old Gamers Almanac. I'm your uh, part-time host, Matt Martin, yeah. here with your full-time host. It's yeah. Big Daddy Hunter Donald Don. How's yeah. it going? Yeah, I live here. This is my house, all right? This is my house. I live here. I play all the games. Yeah, yeah, Never yeah. stop playing games because uh, that's my what my life is. Hey, this uh, is the definitive ranking of all yeah. video games yeah. ever. And today we're putting money where our mouth is. We're talking about some old, old stuff today. We yeah. are talking about 1980s Centipede, the arcade classic. Yeah, uh, I want to say that I already feel, uh, I feel victorious mm -hmm. today yeah. uh, in recording this episode because... Uh, Matt, I don't want to be cocky about it, but you like this game, don't I you? I so yeah, we'll uh we will talk even more about it later. But I never played Centipede before this, and I'll I, I yeah. want to talk about why later. Uh, so but wait, I love but, it. I yeah, love yeah, it. that's fine. We'll we'll get into that'll be History what the episode is about. Sure. I just want to start with yeah, you want this. You recommended a game, and it knocked my pants off. And it was an old game. Yeah, of course. And guess what? Yeah. That was the whole reason I wanted to do this show, yep. is just to do that. And yeah. it, it's it's funny that it was Centipede. That's not what... <laughs> I wouldn't have figured that was going to be the one. Yeah. But I got you. Yep, okay? you got me. And so is that show over? That I got so that's you. it? That's a wrap? We're done? Hunter got me to like no, one I gotta old get game? You, I, I want to get you I want to get you over and over, all right? <laughs> I want to get you till the end of time is what I'm trying to do. I can't wait to know what getting you looks like. I got to figure out what that equals. I don't know. Yeah, I, need I don't to make, know. I think getting you makes is is getting you to hate a game that you used to love, maybe. I don't want Whoa. that, though, actually. The reality is I don't want that. So I don't know. I don't know what getting you. I'm, that's That'll be my quest for this show is to determine what I even want out of it. What do I want Hunter to experience? Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know if you could get me to hate a game I used to love because even if I hate a game that I used to love, what that would actually mean is that I still love it. Yeah. I just am aware of the outside world. Yes. And you know what? They're wrong. And I'll just use this show as a platform to say, you know, this <laughs> game everybody wrong. hates but I love, it's yeah. actually great. And they're all wrong, you know? Um, so Centipede was developed at Atari by uh, Donna Bailey, who I wanted to shout this out. Donna Bailey from little rock arkansas where yeah. hunter and i we're from arkansas so this is a homegrown little bug here uh yeah. we, we, I'm, I'm stoked to talk about this one uh donna bailey was also in 1980 the only woman working in atari's coin op division and wow. centipede would go on to be the what the second highest grossing atari cabinet game ever that's, yeah, that, I saw that remarked. I don't know. The stats of this kind of stuff are actually kind of hard to find. Who I don't knows? really trust anything that people yeah. say about this stuff. But it's clearly one of the top bills of the Atari collection. And it was developed by their only woman at the time. Um, so there's, yeah. a, there's a little feather in Donna's cap. Uh, I we, we, we actually tried to get Donna on the show uh, for this episode, and we're unable to, um, not for not for lack of her wanting to do it, but just a, an inability. I hope we can maybe do it down the road. Donna is an awesome person. I have had some uh, back and forth with her now, and 
wow, holy cow, is she nice and uh, wants to talk about this kind of stuff. So hopefully that's a thing we can present down the road is some, some sort of conversation with Donna because what a what a gem that she is. Yeah, yeah. And obviously we're, I mean, because of the Arkansas connection, um, you know, she's local. Um, we're going to, we're kind of, you know, biased against the other person who helped design the game, Ed Log, who probably did nothing, and who cares? You know what <laughs> right. I mean? Woo Pig Suey. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Woo Pig Suey. Get out of here. Ed Log is from uh, Seattle, Washington. Uh, I'm asleep. I'm yeah, asleep. So bored by that. Oh, a so tech bored. person is oh, from wow. Seattle? Wow, a tech person from Seattle. What oh, a so novel game from Seattle. Who cares? <laughs> it rains too much there, and everybody in Seattle sucks. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't want this to be like the Nine Inch Nails thing where people sure. are reaching out Very to me mad. being like, hey, stop. Yeah, <laughs> anyways. Uh, so what I love about this time period too is like this is when games are made by like one to four people. Like that, that's just how all games are made and they're like meant to be churning them out like crazy. We've talked about yeah. this with like even the NES period. I mean, this extends for a while. There's like a decade where it's like every game is this little project between a couple of people. And Donna came from Donna wasn't even ever wanting to be a game developer. She worked at, at GM Motors uh programming cruise control in cars and someone told her about Space Invader and she was like, "That's way cooler. I'm going to do that. I'm going to go get a job at Atari." And she did that and made uh, this little game and further to how these games were made at the time Atari had like an idea book that's how that like they just were like here's a list of things that maybe could be a video game I don't know and I wonder who wrote this like book there's just a journal somewhere sitting around their offices and in it basically was like an idea for a game where like there's a bug and when you shoot it it splits into sections that's that's the idea for the game and so Donna took that and ran with it and made uh, this little beauty that we now call Centipede yeah yeah, um, I want to say, so this is from the Wikipedia uh, article, so I don't know if this is true, and we probably should have asked her, but it says in the Wikipedia article that uh, the way that she found out about video games was that she heard this song by The Pretenders called yes. Space Invader. Yes, I've heard her tell this story in a documentary. Uh, like, a, oh, okay, a, so this is so true. She, this is straight from her mouth, yeah. <laughs> She just liked the song Space Invader. and was like, what is Space Invader? And someone's like, it's a video game. And she's like, well, show me more. And it, and oh, my eyes. But that's the thing. This is 19, that's, so that's like 1979 when that happens. Like, that's that's the conversation around video games at this point, right? Is like, yeah. video games are kind of a budding idea at this point. Sure. Yeah, they're, they're, they're hot and cool, and they have all this potential energy, and no one knows, like, what they're going to be or whatever. Yeah. I think it's just really funny that it's a reference to Space Invader and not <laughs> actually Space Invaders, the yeah. arcade cabinet. Right. Because to me, the way I would pitch Centipede to someone if they've never played Centipede, it's like Space Invaders, but for cool people. Yeah. That's what I think that centipede is personally right, right. it's like space invaders but it's a a little more out there and i think a lot more fun to play i'm not a big space invaders person space invaders is fine but it's right. it's you know it's a little it's that's actually where you get to a point where i think the games are too old for me to right. appreciate so. yeah when because it's so slow and clunky the th the distinct thing about centipede is how freaking fast of a game it's it so can be. fast it's crazy yeah. fast so let's talk mechanically kind of what it's doing so the the first and maybe most important thing to any of this is this is also at a time when control schemes were not necessarily like a 
an assumed thing. Every cabinet had the opportunity to kind of like, I don't know, you tell me how this thing controls. Like, what what yeah. are we going to do with this? And so Centipede is one big trackball that you can spin and yeah. then a, a fire button. And you can like hold the fire button down to just like continuously fire or you can kind of spam it to, to do your own thing. But that trackball is the main thing. I mean, it's literally, if people don't know this because I don't know how young our audience is, uh, a mouse, a, a computer mouse used to be the exact same thing as what, a, like, that trackball. That's how that's how mice were originally developed. Now there are all these lasers and stuff. But, like, essentially, if you just took an old mouse and flipped it upside down and spun the ball on that, that is what the centipede trackball uh, yeah. is doing for you. But what I'm kind of blown away by is how, like, one-to-one <laughs> the feeling of moving that trackball around is to, like, where your little ship is moving around on the screen. It's, like, a very pixel-perfect thing. Even though it's this, I don't even know what resolution these games are in at this point, but it feels like it feels high res to me. Is that weird to say? Like, and it because yeah. of how like fast and how exact everything moves, it feels high resolution. Yeah, you feel like really connected to the movement on screen because yeah. of the the controller. Uh, yeah, I think that I think that kind of makes sense to me. Um, I will say that this game, if you want to play it, if you get interested in it from our conversation, you've never played it before or you've never heard of it. I feel like this is like not an obscure arcade game by any stretch of the imagination, but I feel like it's right below the really popular stuff Mm -hmm. that everybody knows about. Like, like I would say Centipede is like one step removed from like Pac-Man where I can imagine like everybody knows what Pac-Man is, but maybe not everybody knows about Centipede. Right. Um, still very popular, very successful game. Uh, you need to play it in an arcade cabinet. I will say that. Yes. You need to play it with the trackball. You need to play it in the space. Um, don't just like pull up your browser right now and play it with your mouse because no. that's not the same game. It right. doesn't have the it's same feel. It's still pretty good. It's not horrible. It's not bad. You can, but you can not, sort of get a feel really, for what really it is. It really, really is not but. the same feeling. Um, I mean, the best thing about arcade cabinets these days, I don't know if this is universally true. It probably isn't. But like, So I, I went and played it the other day at, at a local arcade place uh, in Fayetteville, Arkansas, where it's a $5 buy-in and then every single cabinet is free in the whole yeah. in the whole joint. You, these things aren't coin-operated anymore. And I don't know if that's true kind of all over the place. I'm sure there's some arcades out there that are like, no, this is the authentic 1984 experience or whatever. Um, but I know a little bit about this, Matt. I'm pretty sure that um, you have to modify yeah, you do. the cabinets to make them free play, yes. basically. So yeah. you, you might buy... Uh, a centipede arcade cabinet let's say if you're like a collector or something and then you have to like give it to somebody else to make or unless you know how to do it yourself which i guess you might be if you're that crazy if you're wild enough if you're buying a cabinet (laughs) if you're buying cabinets you might also be the person that breaks them open and does things with them um (laughs) but yeah you get a modified to be free play and that's what they do um what is the place called matt i would love to throw their name out there Uh, it's called arcadia retrocade in Fayetteville, arkansas and it's it's awesome really good place it's it's one of those places where I mean, it's not like everybody's rushing to the arcade these days, but you go there on a Friday night, it's pretty busy, but there's there's plenty of cabinets there that are still, they're trying to catch up to how much people beat the hell out of, <laughs> out of their cabinets, you know what I mean? Yeah, right, Arcades right. are, arcade, keeping up with arcade cabinets is a full-time job in terms of like how much people really destroy them, which honestly is part of why I think Centipede is nice because i don't think it's very easy to like really screw up this trackball whereas joysticks they get slammed mm-hmm. and punched and bo- mm-hmm. and i just feel like every other joystick you touch on old cabinets is kind of messed up but the one i played at arcadia that trackball was smooth as glass and it played 
perfectly. I mean, it felt it did not feel like an aged machine I was playing on at all. Yeah, I've I've never seen a centipede game with a trackball that didn't feel right. Yeah. Now, I mean, I don't know how many uh, most of the uh, time that I've spent with this game was whenever I was younger. Yeah. Um, so for all I know, the trackball was actually really bad and I just didn't even notice. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great control scheme. It feels really fast. Um, it. I, should we describe like maybe like how yeah because th th this is not just exactly space invaders or galaga no, it has like its own hook let's that's talk very about interesting kind of, arcade games are funny too because you can like wrap up the entire experience in like a paragraph right so yeah right uh, centipede you play as a little a little ship i think actually at one point they'd even describe you as like a wizard casting magic which is funny because you're just <laughs> you're really just like a little triangle at the bottom of the screen or like a or like yeah. a trapezoid at the bottom of the screen yeah, uh, but yeah. you're shooting you're shooting some sort of thing up towards the top and you cannot go you can move up and down but you yeah. can't move up beyond what i would call maybe like a tenth of the screen so you're trapped in a little uh, rectangle you got a little more leeway than that i maybe. would say it's almost more like a quarter of the screen you can maybe move so. up to yeah so you you can move up a certain amount of the screen and then you can move the full width of it and uh, on that whole top portion of the screen are a bunch of just mushrooms um, just kind of clogging up the space. And yeah, then a centipede starts out. running back and forth. And when it bumps into a mushroom, it drops down one level and works back the other direction. So yeah. sometimes it finds a little corner where it's like, oh, there's like this tunnel of mushrooms. And it'll work its way really, really fast down those and then find a new track to get on or whatever. Yeah. Um, so you're mostly trying to shoot the centipede and in arcade fashion i'm gonna get like way in the weeds here because first off this is an arcade game this episode will run short if we don't <laughs> sort of get in the weeds with some stuff but uh you your goal is to try to shoot the head of the centipede because just shooting the body those are only worth like 10 points if you just hit the body but when right. you hit the body it forms a new head and it splits the centipede into two centipedes and they start moving all over the place right. but you get 100 points if you manage to hit the head um, and then a new head forms right behind it or whatever. One one thing you just missed that is critical to understanding the way the centipedes move down the screen towards you is whenever you hit a section of the centipede, the mm. centipede section you hit yes. turns into a mushroom. Right. So that, so as you're playing, you're creating more debris yeah. just on, like, and that's why it's kind of like Space Invaders, right? Because Space Invaders, there are those little, like, um, at the bottom of the screen, those things you can hide behind, but you can also shoot through them. Right. I don't know what they're supposed to be. I guess just like they just like block for yeah. you. Right. Um, mushrooms are like that, except for they are not helping you. They are yeah. hindering you. You can shoot through them pretty quickly, but every time while you're trying to hit the centipedes, if you are not being really precise with your shots, which a lot of times you won't be, the centipede is now splitting off in separate directions, and we've left some more debris on the screen. Right. So it's it really rewards precision and speed this yeah. game yeah and keeping track of like what kind of mess you've made and like can you like should you clear is that worth clearing do you have time to kind of clear that space yeah. out yeah the big thing i found myself always doing is because sometimes the centipede gets into your area and you're literally kind of sharing the space with that centipede yeah. and and dodging around this is where it gets way better than galaga or space invader or any of those is the idea that the centipede can be behind you and you're yeah. like ducking and dodging around it and waiting for it to right. then work its way back up when it gets to the very bottom of the screen it'll just start to go up again and so you can like get back under it you can't shoot behind you you can't shoot to the left or right so you're waiting for it to get on top of you again so that you can uh shoot it 
but th that idea of like you you really are like moving all around this space and trying to clear it i was always trying to focus on keeping my little section completely empty you know what i mean it's like oh there's a new mushroom in there i gotta get rid of that like i gotta keep yeah, yeah. my little area free because you I don't need, need to be, be able to into my own. exactly yeah yeah if yeah. if they get down to your area you need to be able to to um you know, dodge as freely right. as possible. If you run into a mushroom, like that's going to kill you. Yeah. And then you'll lose um, a life. So let's talk about the other couple enemies. They, they describe one of the enemies as a flea, apparently, but Donna Bailey always had intended it as being an ant. Um, we're talking about some low graphic stuff, though. It's just another yeah, bug. Yeah. It's, it's just hard another to tell. thing. Um, yeah. But those will drop from the top of the score uh, the, the the board and fall pretty fast through it, and they will fill up that lane with a ton of mushrooms. So they'll effectively yeah. make a wall of mushrooms um, that the centipedes later going to bump into, and you can kill them for like two hundred points or something like that. But sometimes it's not worth the risk because they'll go really fast, and sometimes if your shot just isn't coming out at the right time. They'll, they'll nuke you, and that's that's a life gone. Um, and then the last and most important thing to talk about is, well, there's there's also, um, sorry, there's scorpions that come through, and they work from right to left. They're worth the most points. They're usually harder to hit, but they also turn a lane of mushrooms into poisoned mushrooms. And I forget exactly what those do. They do something to the centipede when the centipede the, runs the into The centipede will, will, uh, will change color and be poisoned as well. Yeah. Um. And then wait, what do what do they do? What? How does it change the centipedes? I don't remember. Oh, they go straight down. Right. They'll just, just move straight through it. Right. That's yeah, that's yeah. like a lane that they just jump through. Instead um, of so normally when a centipede hits a mushroom, it turns around. Right. And causes it to like kind of keep. It, it's it's like almost like the the mushrooms in a way help the centipede speed up because yeah. they turn around and they go down one line. Right. Basically, yeah. so the more and that top section gets filled up, the faster down. the centipedes get to your area. Basically, yes. Um, yes. And the, so then the last and most important enemy to talk about is this goddamn spider. <laughs> 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 the spider hangs out in your court. He's he kind of exclusively is down in the bottom. Yeah, and they he harasses just, you. He's it harassing flies you. Flies in from the left or right side of the screen. You can learn to sort of predict like the sort of line of approach that it comes in at, right? It like comes it down right. at for like a 45 degree area uh, in, in like a, in a similar area. So you know where to sort of avoid, but it literally will come in and you have like three frames to react to how fast that thing is coming through. Well, yeah, um, that's the whole thing is so, so just advice. You should not hang out on the far edge. left or far right side of the screen. Basically mm -hmm. that appears to be your area and you can go there if it's, if it's an emergency, yeah. but generally speaking, you should not be there because the spider will get you on the way in and you don't want that. Right. Um, and the spider is uh, worth a lot of points, but it is contingent on how close you are to the spider when you kill the spider. So you were oh, rewarded. I didn't even know that. Yeah, you were rewarded for playing really risky and getting up real close and trying to kiss that spider and then shoot it that way. Um, wow. But I would say Centipede is one of those types of games where it actually, I watched some like long plays of it of like high score runs and clearly it's one of those games where like oh you can play risky but if you want the high score don't ever play risky like that's not what this game this game is about playing it safe so that you can last as long as possible um yeah and uh i mean within within five minutes the entire top portion of the screen is completely full and centipedes are just dropping straight through down into your area and it's just yeah. about keeping your area clean um and you play that way for 45 minutes basically yeah i also wanted to mention that your the name of your ship is called the bug blaster which is uh <laughs> that's a good name that's a real old school arcade style game and i really like that yeah um 
Well, what about this, Matt? Did you like it? How'd you feel? What yeah. did, how did, so how did you I, enjoy all these elements? I loved it. I, uh, I had never played Centipede before today. Um, I have gone into arcades. I've never loved an arcade because, and we've talked about this before. We talked about it with OutRun and stuff, but I never like went to arcades with a fistful of quarters, right? I right. never I never had that experience. Your parents I, didn't understand how arcades worked. Right. So they would just give you like three quarters and say like that's enough for the whole yeah. day, right? Yeah, and exactly. That, so wrong. I never I never got to get any good at any of these games. Um and so when I would go to an arcade it was kind of like I I'm going to do what a lot of people um, I think my age and my uh, norminess <laughs> did, which is like, well, I'll play some Pac-Man, I'll play some Donkey Kong, and then I'll play some Galaga, and then I'll go home, and that'll be it. Yeah, I'll, I'll do three or four runs of each, and then and then I'm done for the day. Um, and Centipede to me, the art on the Centipede cabinet is really cool, but it yeah. also looks like a lot of other um, art t- to me as a kid. It did like it's got just kind of lasers blasting, and I can't say the the big centipede bug on the side ever specifically appealed to me. So I always assumed the thing about arcades to me is it feels like a lot of games are really, really similar to each other. And that's, that's me saying that naively and knowingly naively like that, that, right. that was my impression as a kid is like, well, all these are like the same thing. They're all just Galaga. So I might as well pick Galaga. Cause I like Galaga that that's essentially how my experience with, with arcades was. You, so I you are Cine- like an arcade reductionist. Yes. I think is what you were doing. You were reducing and you know what? It makes a lot of sense psychologically that you were doing this because your whole issue with arcades was your parents did not understand the economy of an arcade. Right. And so therefore it, I don't get to try everything. You. Yeah, I don't right. get to try everything. I got to try so you one may thing. As well, but that's the whole thing is like you may as well go the extra mile and say, not only do I not get to try everything, it's not even worth trying all of it. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's one of those mind tricks that you can sort of play on yourself. Yeah, that is definitely what my brain did. Every Everything was either Galaga or Donkey Kong. I, w- I would look at Dig Dug or Burger Time and be like, that's just Donkey Kong. If it's a character walking on a screen, it's just Donkey Kong. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I just, that was the extent of my experience. And it's, I mean, it's like embarrassing now because now we went, uh, me and EJ and another friend of ours went to Arcadia to to check out Centipede and we were playing some other stuff. And it's just like, man, I, I missed out on all of this. Like, this is a yeah. whole gap that I feel really bad for missing out on. And um, Centipede is like the biggest one that taught me that because I was like literally having a blast playing this See- one over and over and over again. I had a feeling like that you were going to like it because I just feel like the way I feel like not, I feel like a lot of people know maybe more about centipede as like a cultural artifact, but like haven't actually played it. Mm -hmm. It is so much fun to play. It is. um, Even now. Uh, It's because it's fast. I'm telling you, man, it's because because it's it's so fast. fast. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I was literally even, I was getting runs that were just like on average six to 10,000 points. That's not very long. That's maybe a couple minutes of play time. Right. Um, but I didn't care. Like I wanted to just keep playing those same couple stages over and over again. Compare that to like a Pac-Man or even for me, Asteroids. I know Hunter's a big Asteroids guy. I find Asteroids really, really slow. Pac-Man is really, really slow. I I just don't, they don't hook me in any meaningful way, but Galaga always has because Galaga's pretty fast and Centipede is like really, really got me as well. I mean, because because of that speed. And again, the most fun is when the spider and the centipede are both hanging out in your area and you're just like, just I think I would love centipede yeah. even more 
and and there's probably games there. I mean, like what Geometry Wars is kind of like this, where it's like if I could go around the whole screen and stuff is yeah. chasing me all over, right. and I could shoot in all directions, that's like a perfect centipede game to me. And I guess that's essentially what Geometry Wars and some other twin stick things like that. I need to play like Black Widow. I think I need to know what that game's all about. But yeah, but the the trackball makes everything. And, and Hunter, you mentioned it earlier, like playing it without the trackball really does lessen the experience yeah for sure i i think uh if if you're interested in this game at all you should uh you should find a, a barcade in your town and and see if they have centipede and then go play it yeah um because it's just yeah it's 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 a real fun interesting game um i want to say contrary to a few things you said matt i think that i think the centipede art is like the the actual bug on the cabinet is like kind of iconic to me and yeah. i really like the font yes. for centipede it's that like 80s Neon sci-fi font. Yeah, yeah i just i just i think it's actually one of the more striking arcade cabinets especially of the early atari era um i think it looks i think the cabinet looks cooler than the asteroids cabinet although i think asteroids the screen is if you've so ever, if insane. You gotta, you, you we'll gotta do an Asteroids, Asteroids episode. We'll do an Asteroids yeah. episode, but yeah. there, there is something mind-bending about what the screen in Asteroids does. I love I don't, it. I don't understand it. I still I I need to look the up the tech look. of it. But we're not talking about Asteroids, Hunter. Don't, yeah. don't distract. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. We're, we're, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not. We're not. We'll get there someday. Um, but yeah, Centipede is uh, It's fun. It's fast. It's interesting. Uh, I want to... Can we get... Uh, so, so we got some of your background yeah, there I a little yours. bit. Yeah, so arcades, um, it, when it came to the OutRun episode, we mostly talked about OutRun. We did not talk about arcades in general, so I kind of want to use this opportunity to just kind of talk about my experience with arcades because obviously I am the wrong age to have had much experience with arcades. I also lived geographically in the wrong part of the country really for it. I mean, I yeah. grew up in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. However, I loved video games so much that I knew where to go for the arcade cabinets in my town. And there were two places that you could go. We had an Aladdin's Castle, which was a chain of arcades. Uh, I believe it was national. I think they failed in the late 90s. Uh, we had that at the mall in Pine Bluff. And then there was this pizza restaurant that I may have mentioned in the OutRun episode called Big Banjo's Pizza. And we would go, every Sunday we would go to Big Banjo's Pizza and they, because they had a buffet style pizza, it was basically off brand CC's with a man with a banjo, which is like not very interesting or enticing for children. Well, hey, it's Pine Bluff. It's Pine Bluff. Um, and they had arcade cabinets there. Um, I do not remember where the centipede cabinet was. I can't remember if it was at Big Banjo's or if it was at Aladdin's Castle, but they had one. And what I think hit me about it so much as a little kid was almost this feeling of like, because the colors are really... We haven't talked about the colors yet. The colors in Centipede are deliberately just like a weird palette yeah, compared crazy. to everything else. It's yeah. just not obvious colors. There's like weird blues, purples. It's got some like pastel kind of look yeah. to it. Yeah, The story ahead. of that is hilarious too. Donna Bailey has talked about that before as well. And it's like literally she was programming this game and somebody else got in to like mess with the colors and they were just borking around in there and so the colors started to do crazy stuff and she was like oh, that i want that i want that. it to do that yeah. in the game i want it yeah. to be crazy and, and so they just were like oh okay cool sure why not yeah <laughs> yeah honestly so I, I i i a quick aside about colors um i love 
doing what you just described of just like messing with stuff to see what colors you can get. And uh, I was actually thinking about Centipede uh, last weekend because uh, as far as recording time last weekend, I streamed uh, Elden Ring because Elden Ring had just come out in this timeline. I know yes. you're listening to this, uh, you know, later. Um, and uh, so what I did for Elden Ring is I just hung out and, and streamed it. And I had uh, my roommates, Ben and Sean, uh, DJ. And while they were DJing, I was putting all these color filters or color correction stuff on the game to change the color of the game. And whenever you start just messing with color and making it look weird, it looks like Centipede. Yeah. So I mean, like it's it, it's so perfect to hear that actually that was just how they found these colors was just I like goofing around with color mm -hmm. uh, and honestly more games I feel like should have uh, been a little bit looser with the presentation in order to find something interesting and unique yeah. because as far as what's on screen I feel like Centipede just looks cut from a completely different cloth and even when I was a kid I felt like there was almost this uh, this might be a little bit of a projection but I feel like as a kid. I thought about it more as an adult game for yeah. some reason because right. the colors were interesting. It almost made me think of like cool, like art kids that like do drugs, right. like made this game. Right. And that, that might be completely off base, but that was my little kid read of this it was almost like, uh Oh, I hope my parents don't see me playing centipede because <laughs> this seems like a cool guy who smokes pot made this you know what i mean he's got them weed cigarettes he's Look got out, them everybody. weed cigarettes and he made centipede <laughs> there's just something about centipede that has like a psychedelic feel uh, and i think it is definitely uh the colors yeah um so yeah you gotta play this game if, if you ain't played this game I, I know it's an arcade game so like there's a lot of people that are gonna be like yeah whatever but like arcades are back and they're around yeah. and you can go to them and just go play centipede yeah I'll, i will say this about arcades these days, my experience with Arcadia has been has been a bit mixed, and it's only because of this. I uh, get anxiety in in like bars and social places where there's like lots of people. Especially now, dear God, I would not do this in yeah, the year 2022 true. post COVID. But we we went on a Tuesday night to Arcadia. Yeah, we were one yeah. of like six people in the place. I right. if I wanted to just play Centipede for two hours, I could have done that. You know what I mean? And I right. do think that that's different and I, that's the biggest thing i wonder about with like 80s kids is that experience of like a person comes up and they set their quarters down on the edge of the cabinet you're actively playing and it's like oh right. shit my time's almost up gotta gotta go get back at the back of the line for for my next run or whatever and i think that's the other aspect that has always pushed me away from arcades is like i don't want to be the one that's holding somebody it's like i would be the weird not weirdo but like the person who's like in the middle of my session and someone comes up and is like ready to play. It's like, oh, you can just take over for me. I'll just leave. No, no, no. You can just have it. I'm just going to go. You you play it. It's fine. It's totally fine. I, I didn't care anyways. You can just finish my run and then play your Matt runs. Matt just and doesn't want to take up space. Matt's trying to not take, take up the space. space. <laughs> Matt doesn't want to take up the space. No, no. Yeah. So I encourage you to go to an arcade night on an off night and sit down with Centipede for the amount of time it uh, it deserves, I guess. Yeah. And also, like, uh, it, it, it is a really good point, Matt, with the whole uh, we, we're living in COVID times thing. So as far yeah. as, like, encouraging you to go to a public place uh, where there will be other people, of course, you know, you got to make your own your own yeah. calls there. Sure. Um, I will say Atari did just release a sort of it's not a remaster or a remake. It's just a new game yeah. that is 
like inspired by Centipede called Centipede Re- Recharged. Recharged. They're doing a series of these. They've done Asteroids Recharged, Black Widow Recharged, Centipede Recharged. I think that's all they've released so far, but they're clearly, all of those came out in 2021, so it seems like Atari is like, all right, we're going to take every single old arcade game and like redo it. I mean, and it looks like a modern arcade game like I, i'm gonna keep using geometry wars because it's well, the but only it, point no, of but that's intentional it yeah. looks like the geometry wars version of yeah. uh centipede like yeah. it it very much looks like that so yeah i mean it makes sense i so i would encourage people to at least try that if you know you're not gonna be able to get out to an arcade or whatever i am actually it's, it's hilarious the timing of this stuff how it always it feels like this show always uh things are released or we are uh, recording stuff at like a perfect time like when did you know hunter that when we did the halo 2 episode that episode released on the 20th anniversary of halo 2 <laughs> and we no. did not mean to do that at all what? and that's happened that's happened twice that we've released an episode on a mo- monumental uh anniversary of that game's release i forget what the other one was but uh i was we we did centipede and then the night I finished playing Centipede at the arcade. I was like, well, I want to, like, I want to, I need, I need to see if I can get that Centipede recharged game. Like, I wonder if it's on sale or whatever. And I look up on Epic Game Store and it was going to be free the next day. So all I had to, I had to wait one wow. day and I got it wow. for free on EGS or whatever. Um, wow. But I, I want to do that game uh, as an episode. I don't know, maybe soon or something, just because it's like, I'm not done playing Centipede, you know? Like, I'm going to probably spend a couple more nights just hammering away at that game because like it is crazy fun and i want to see how different the recharged is because it looks i mean it looks like they've added a ton of stuff to it right um right but i wonder how good all of these kind of remakes are coming from yeah. atari i mean like i think atari is such a weird um it's such a weird company to talk about because you know they were like they were crushing it in the arcade era and they were even crushing it in the home console era for a while. Right. Um, even though there was a lot of bloat, a lot of bad games, I feel like now their, you know, their brand isn't in a great place and it hasn't been for so right. long. There's so many times Atari has tried to kind of reinvent itself. Um, but I think if their goal is to take their old intellectual property and sort of update it and make it the new indie game yeah. version of itself... That's a great hook, and I'll follow yeah. that for a while. Well, you know? and how much does that tie into where they're from? Like we said at the beginning of this episode, that's what all games used to be. All games mm-hmm. used to be the spirit of what indie games are now. This idea that a video game has like a four thousand person development team because there's just two, right. like a, a rock star game has a billions of assets, and you need so many people to work disgusting hours to make it happen, versus like three people in a garage making a game that's the spirit of atari and yeah i think that's absolutely what they should be striving for is like we used to be an indie game developer even though like we had more money than that but like that's what the process was like and they should just do that again yeah i think uh i think like there is a place for for them in the industry but it feels like it it's just odd because they were they were so good at a certain thing and mm-hmm. then it feels like the industry well like they established themselves and then the industry immediately started moving away yeah from what they were doing right and then it feels like they could not really like follow the the industry as well as they um as well as they did with just kind of charting their own path yeah um so yeah i think it may i think it makes a lot of sense there were a lot of uh, bad attempts by Atari to there's a there's like a 3D centipede game yeah, that came out oof. for N64 and Dreamcast 
um, that I rented uh, because I liked Centipede when I was a kid, and I uh, I was so dumb and liked Centipede that I played that game and liked it and thought it was good, and then later in my life I pulled up a YouTube video of that game and was like, "Wow, this was not a good game, this huh? Trash. This was actually a bad game." But you know what? Maybe we should do it. Maybe maybe we yeah. should play that game because I remember that game. Yeah. I it, like we need to play more weird in 64 games that i only remember renting yeah and then just being like all right i'm done with that yeah 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 um, let's, uh, let's play snowboard kids or something yeah let's like, play <laughs> snowboard kids uh buck bumble let's yes, play buck yes. that was that his name yeah buck, buck bumble. bumble that's exactly it. i love that game yeah. it had that but it had b soccer in it it had rocket league before rocket league existed in buck bumble yeah, man it had rocket league before <laughs> rocket league so there you go uh hunter um, i just remembered that part of this show is that we have to rank this game yeah and, good luck oh my god i can't think of something i want to do less oh no okay so um so we both feel pretty positive on it so who's going to take the lower and who's going to take the higher you have a history with it um but i feel like i i've i we've been working ourselves into this trend where you kind of always get the higher because uh you just like all video games more than i do and i'm really really hot on this because i just played like a so i think think i should should take the the higher because it's higher yeah i'll take the lower um, so yeah, let me figure out what is the lowest I would rank this. So yeah. currently we have 27 games on the list. We do not read the entire list anymore. Yep. Um, we need to find a way. I mean, you, I mean if you go to the discord, you can definitely see. I'm going to start putting entire... it in the show notes. It's in the show notes now. Not, cool. not today's ranking, but the ranking so far, I'm going to just start burying in the show notes. So it's not like the first thing, but if you scroll down in the show notes, I think we just need to have the list on display. I don't yeah. know why I wasn't doing this the whole time, but I'm, I'm going to go through like... the catalog and fix it all. So the low is, uh, I'm going to say. And this is maybe kind of high for a low, but maybe this won't be a very long conversation. 15 is the lowest 15, I would rank. You're saying Centipede. it's the lowest it could go is under inscription and above Forza Horizon 5. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. It would be funny if your high was lower than my low. Was that? No, no, it's not. My my high is uh, would be number 11, which is uh, above Halo 3 and under Jet Set Radio. So here's here's the range we're working in. Uh, we're gonna f- we're gonna find a spot for centipede somewhere in between number ten jet set radio for the Dreamcast, mm-hmm. Halo three for the Xbox three sixty. I'm gonna do this. This is fun. Mass Effect three for the three sixty era. Mass Effect two for the three sixty era. Outrun of a fellow arcade classic from Sega. Inscription twenty twenty one's indie ish darling uh, for the PC and Forza Horizon five twenty twenty one's uh, racing, uh, cataclysmic, huge open world racer racing game. Uh, yeah. so we're somewhere in there. That's a small range. We're, we've got a tight little window today. Yeah. Um, so the, the points I'm going to emphasize in this discussion is, uh, this is an arcade game. So you got to go a lot on legacy. Yep. And I think centipede has a legacy of, uh, the cool games. Yep. It has this cool games legacy because I think it's a cool game arcade release. Yeah. This is at a time where, uh, most arcade games don't even have time to be cool. You know what right. I mean? They're just trying to sell in right. general. Right. And I think Centipede has a cool look, a cool vibe, an interesting hook, and solid, fast controls. Yeah. Now, does that make it better than Forza? I mean, Forza's like this massive thing or whatever. Sure. But also, Forza's like, I don't know. It's a... Uh, Forza it's, has a lot of bloat to it is the ending, my ending vibe with Forza, even though I love so much about the Forza attitude and just like, yeah, just play these games. There is so much modern, just B 
BS to it that like yeah. I, I always have to knock at some points because it's just like, God, if you took that stuff out, literally nothing would be taken from the game that's of any value. You can have yeah. just this big open world racing game without like slot machines and constant points. And, I don't know, just all this junk that I kind of find gross. Uh, yeah, so... the, the, the art design of the Forza games, um, it it borders on actually not really looking that good and being yeah. kind of like i mean as far as the ui and right. the colors and everything um i like the i like the look of centipede better uh forts is a great uh, you know that game's just having a just having a party with you yeah. um but and obviously centipede is going to win the legacy conversation sure. with basically sure well with most of these so um, something i kind of was avoiding bringing up but i do think it matters to the legacy because you'll see it cited in a handful of publications and and the the reason i don't was, was like nervous to bring this up is because we couldn't fact check this very well um but centipede is lauded as like a game that had as many if not more female you know women fans than it as, as it did for men this was this is a, a a wider appeal of games and I'm not saying that I, I don't know if there's validity to that. And I kind of feel like it's maybe like a marketing thing. Just be like, see, women are allowed to like games, too. And it's like, hey, none of us were actually disputing that. It's just weird that you're bringing it up right now, actually. Uh, but I do think that that idea lays into what Hunter was saying about Centipede being cool, like having this different vibe, because that's something that pushed me away from a lot of arcade games is like this umpteen number of like guy with gun who runs on field sure, and yeah, is in yeah. war. Like, I don't want to play those arcade games, but this is like way more interesting uh, in that respect. So yeah, I, I want to give it a lot of points for just being this kind of like original other thing that like doesn't have even a demographic in mind in its yeah. marketing and everything. Or if it does have a demo, maybe the demo is just a cooler demo than Forza, mm -hmm. which is for car people. Right. So right. I, so I, who do I like better? The centipede people or the car people? I think I like the centipede people yeah, better. Yeah. Um, inscription is a is a hmm. weird a weird conversation. They're to both have. cool. They're both uh, yeah. I would say kind of iconoclastic in their execution. Um, yeah. cool art appealing to interesting people. Mm -hmm. Um, one of them has legacy. One of them doesn't. But inscription. I don't know. I mean, it might be a game. Actually, I feel I confident so. that Inscription actually is not going to be a very important game in like five to ten years. Yeah. It was a it's great game still, of the moment, yes. but yeah. And it has cool ideas in it. I just don't know what, like, I can't say like the ideas of Centipede versus the ideas of Inscription even have a point of comparison. Like Inscription is trying to say a few things and it, Centipede is uh, an arcade game uh, from 1980 right. that... Uh, right. In what way would it say anything? I don't. I don't right. know. Uh, so I, I, that's a hard one. If anything, I would like to skip ahead and see where we go after inscription to see if okay. it's worth having a new conversation on inscription. Because what is next up is a fellow arcade classic and a diehard right. favorite of Hunter's Outrun. Um, Outrun style wise, I think beats Centipede in every major metric. Uh, the soundtrack we've hmm. talked about a billion times um oh yeah we didn't talk about the sound of centipede but we, that's actually the one thing that neither of us really care for that much. yeah although i will say the centipede sounds make me feel kind of like i'm like oh i'm freaking yeah. out like yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of arcade like ah, oh, i gotta shock you so that the, you lose and then right. another person the gets spider up. makes a ton of crazy noises uh and when those fleas drop down from the top of the screen they make this like <laughs> noise yeah. that is like yeah. panic inducing and maybe not in a 
good way. I mean, it's definitely a feeling and, and it invokes feelings out of you. So that's a point in its cap, just like in terms right. of being able to do that. But right. I, it doesn't always make me feel good. But I do think um, Centipede feels more fun to control for me than Outrun does. Um, just yeah. in terms of the actual mechanical weight of what I'm doing. Well, and also, like, I think, so maybe maybe listeners are going to be surprised by that. I mean, like, I like Outrun better than Centipede. Let's yeah. just set that aside, of though. Of course. Um, the, this game, you responded to this game in a positive way, and it was an arcade game you'd never played. Outrun did not get that same response from you, which yeah. is why I think for the two of us, Centipede is actually a better game for our dual list yeah. than outrun is because outrun is kind of something like i feel like i had to do the heavy lifting to get outrun to where it is on the list whereas me and you are in agreement here yeah that centipede's really great well and and i don't want it to discount um like how much how cool outrun is because i do agree on all those metrics um and even also, the, though the structure up, of up. outrun Bro. is pretty cool like very inventive of course let me stop you real quick and just say that outrun has something that centipede does not have which is Outrun has good sequels. Yes. So Outrun might have another shot right. as a franchise on this list. Uh, where Centipede, you love Outrun too, and you're you're itching to do an Outrun too. I'm gonna get you. Yeah. I, I'm gonna get you with Outrun eventually. <laughs> Outrun is a long con. Okay. Centipede okay. was a quick hit, and you liked it. All yeah. right. Yeah. I don't. We we're putting basically all of Centipede's legacy on this one singular game, and Outrun we have other options. Right. Basically. Right. Well, um, I'm okay with it going above Outrun if you actually are. I, I wasn't going to do am. that to you. I, I was am. going to allow Centipede to go under Outrun, but I mean, I did enjoy it more. I, I even found out that Arcadia has Outrun at the, at, at the arcade, and it's got the mm -hmm. seat and everything. Uh, however, it was not in the best condition, and yeah. it was sitting right... Its sound was like cranked way too low. I don't know if their board was messed up or if they just have it turned down, but it was low and it was sitting right next to turned all the way up to 11. Crazy taxi. <laughs> <laughs> With just the offspring soundtrack blasting. Yeah, so right. uh, really sullied my in-person outrun uh, arcade experience. Will someone just give me an outrun cabinet. I, I would have it in my bedroom. <laughs> That's how much I As love your it. bed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I I would love to have a proper outrun experience. I will say this much about outrun. Um, even though it was a little bit messed up, um, immediately better at it at the arcade than I was playing it on my Switch. It yeah. feels better. It feels way better in person. That is steering uh, wheel, baby, for sure. Yeah, having a steering wheel for a racing game is kind of everything. But I like okay, we hearing you say that, Matt, because I felt a little bit like a like a like a like a weirdo on the yeah. Outrun episode. But I think understanding that the cabinet is great for yeah. Outrun, right. and that I played it a lot as a kid, where oh, I was cabinet. impressionable, being like, wow, this is great, I'm having yeah. so much fun, and then of course I take that into my adulthood, and I'm like, yeah, Outrun is a, a, a great, fantastic game. Also, right. it helps that a lot of people respect Outrun, right. so I feel like this there's this cultural like thumbs up that Outrun has. Yeah. Um, anyways, our next difficulty here is Mass Effect 2 and 3, versus yeah. Centipede, which is weird. Um, I don't Weird know conversation. I don't know if I'm feeling it too. Um, again, we kind of continually come up against this thing where it's like Halo Three is basically in the wrong spot, and so the conversation about Mass Effect Two and Mass Effect Three is different than the conversation about Halo Three. Yeah, but 
I know I said it wouldn't go any higher than Jet Set Radio, but I don't I don't know that it actually goes higher than Mass Effect 2, 3, or Halo 3 for me. I, I can't come up with a reason why I would. It's a great arcade game, um, but, like, it does, like, there's so many things that Mass what Effect about, 2 are doing. What about Mass Effect 2, though? Like, I wonder if it's better than just Mass Effect <laughs> You want to finally, you just want to break not. up the Mass Effects. You want to see something happen to this list. <laughs> I've tried to break them up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, so I mean, like, it, it does help keeping Mass Effect 2 and 3 together because I think in our heads we can just kind of say, like, if somebody's it's like... one game. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically just one game. It's one very long game. Um, and, but, you know, like, <laughs> Centipede's, like, got a lot... Is The presentation's a lot what cooler. Think about the annoying conversations we will have to have in future episodes where we're already annoyed that Halo 3 is above the Mass Effects and then we're going to have uh-huh. to be like, so is it better than Mass Effect 2, but it's also better than Centipede, <laughs> but it's worse than Mass Effect 3? Like, I don't know. Th- th- also, make- it doesn't really make sense because I was going to argue Legacy and Mass Effect 2 has a bigger Legacy has a than Mass Effect 3. actually. So. Uh, yeah, yeah and- all right. Well, I, I'm kind of bummed because I because now it feels like I I let you get, get it, it above, above outrun. outrun and then that and then it hey, went no further. I am happy to return to that conversation if you if okay. you're uncomfortable with that because I am not dying to put centipede above outrun. I think outrun is a great cool thing that does a lot of things. I and mean that's some real even, meta game stuff. Sure, but in, let's like, let's talk about legacy. Let's talk about legacy. Uh, from outrun's perspective as a driving game, like really solidified some vibes and ideas for a lot of driving games to come, I would say. Whereas Centipede, there's not... Like, Millipede came two years later and is essentially the exact same game with just, like, yeah. some up, some weird, goofy updates. And it's just, like, Ed Log being like, ah, ha, ha, I got rid of Donna. I can make a game. I made, I made Asteroids and I can keep making games. I, I, did, I did Millipede. Uh, but, like... Nothing else continued from that. Centipede has a legacy yeah. just because, like, Centipede's a cool game, but it doesn't go beyond that. And I would even say, like, beyond 1985, like, people stop caring about Centipede in terms of, like, a part of the modern conversation within each year. You know what I mean? We just yeah. remember Centipede fondly from the days of yesteryear or whatever. Okay. Okay. I'm down to I'm down to walk it back. Uh, mm-hmm. And say we got a little carried away. Okay, <laughs> uh, Centipede can sit at fourteen or uh, 15. fifteen, bumping yeah. uh, up Outrun and bumping down Inscription and everything to come underneath that. I'm into that. I appreciate I like that. Yeah. I appreciate that. That feels yeah. like. And also, you know, we haven't talked about Asteroids yet. Asteroids is gonna. Oh, Asteroids is gonna be a weird work. one. Yeah, it's going to be like, wrong because I've historically not liked asteroids, and you got to yeah. win me. You're going to have to win me over in asteroids, and I, I don't think you can't do it, but I, I you got to win me over on it. Yeah, well, I, it's just going to be funny because we're going to get to the asteroids episode, and you're going to say, "What's the what's the highest you would go?" And I'll be like, "Number one," <laughs> and then it's going to be a freaking hootin' nanny from there. Yeah, oh boy. Um, so yeah, uh, great game, asteroids. Um. Yeah, so Centipede is the 15th greatest game ever made yep. out of a list of 28, the only games that exist. Yep. Um, this was uh, this was a fun one. This was I just like a this. fun, enjoyable... What it would just, we just talked I'm about just going to reiterate like. the same point again. Go go find a way to play this, please. Like It is, it is worth it, uh, especially if you've never played an arcade game with a trackball. Missile Command yeah. came out the same year, and it's also a trackball. Missile yeah. Command is a, is a wild one because it's not as fast necessarily, 
Uh-huh. Um, it it can. I mean, it gets fast. It gets. It's thinkier though. It's not as yeah. twitchy. Yeah, like centipede right. is very like I'm. It's, go, go, it's go, go, about go. yeah yeah yeah. But missile command is a little bit about reading the screen and making decisions. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, that that one at the arcade was unfortunately uh, the trackball on Missile Command. Something was wrong with the up and down. So when you spun it, no matter which direction you spun the ball, your guy, your your target would only go left and right. So I did not get to play any Missile Command. They gotta fix. They gotta fix that one. We are just in a dire place with arcade games, uh, where like we're in a dire place with old games with in general. Old video games. Yeah. It's really rough out there, and it's like it requires really diehard hobbyists to fix stuff and be really good at cleaning things up to make any of this stuff work. And yeah, I, I, that, that's where a lot of this show is going to like come to a head is like, uh, at one point it probably was the second best game of all time, but right. it's impossible to play anymore. So yeah. what do we call that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I like to say this whenever it comes to this conversation about old, uh, games and, and stuff like kind of wearing down and going away. You know how like when uh, the era of the motion picture of of just the the moving images yeah. started. Right. You know how like you can still watch some of that stuff. That's because those people yeah. living at that time felt a generational. Uh, well, and also it probably had to do a little bit with uh, uh, financial incentive as well. A little bit, sure. Um, although not for you can't make that argument for everything. Actually, now that I think about, it. there's some stuff that it's like, well, was there really a reason? Yeah. To preserve this besides just the need to preserve you right. have we all have a generational duty yep. as as we are a, a group of people witnessing the very early age of a new uh medium right. essentially and i mean I, some of you might feel like oh it's not that early in it it's it feels it still feels like early days yeah to me right. um it feels like whatever because think about how often at least once every five to ten years, a game comes out that feels unlike any other game, for better or for worse. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. Fortnite, that happened. I don't love that game. Sure. But actually, I've heard for, people keep saying, like, Fortnite is good. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was just like a new video game, a new genre of game, it yeah. feels like. And right. and then it explodes culturally. It, it's so much more volatile than, like, film culture, I feel like. Right. Which feels very steady, you know. The well, I mean, films God. have been around for over 100 years. But you compare know? it to, like, we're in the we're in the 20s compared to the, I mean, what? We're going to call video games Inception sort of the mid-70s, realistically, for, like, actual stuff that is doing video game yeah. stuff. Like, the like post- silent film era. I would right. say we're in, like, the 40s. That's exactly like, it. Well, because, I yeah. mean, film is a, is a 90s, the 1890s kind of thing, but that's, like, you're talking almost nothing and you don't really start getting movies until the early 1900s. So right. yeah, I mean, we're in the 1940s in terms of like time away from the onset of this thing. So it's just like, and, and the idea that so much of this stuff centipede is a huge deal. You know what I mean? We're not going to lose centipede and footage of centipede. Right. Yeah, but yeah. there are games out there that, that we are losing. We're just they're yeah. just going away. They're just going um, away. There's all this stuff recently. I mean, it's been a couple months now at time of listening, but like the Wii U shop and the 3DS shop going down, you should be like really mad about that. You should be really mad. Yeah, that's not not that it's going down. That's go- it's going to go down. But the idea that it's going down and there's no plan in place to rescue those games and do something with them on right. the t- Nintendo's behalf or any official capacity's behalf, that should bother you. 
Uh, because like there are indie developers who sunk time into it and released their games on a digital marketplace on the Wii U, and their game will literally die. It's and just be, gone. And I just buy. be gone. Like if they I didn't have game. the ability to back it up and kind of like preserve it somewhere, there's nowhere else that that work can be done. There are there are yeah. organizations trying to get that work done, and it's very difficult because there's not a whole lot of funding for it. So like I don't know. Shout out to the Fis- uh, the Video Game History Foundation and everything Frank Cifaldi and that whole team does because uh they're they're a dime a dozen in terms of people trying to rescue this stuff from the just like complete negligence of the people who actually have control over these properties yeah yeah so yeah anyways it's important to preserve old games luckily it's funny that we're talking about this because yeah you're right like centipede centipede will live on there some hobbyist is going to ensure that there is a working centipede cabinet a hundred years from now but a lot of games do not have that guarantee um but you know what we're lucky that we got that we i feel like we have that with centipede and and when i say guarantee that's based off nothing so i don't even really know you know for all i know centipede will uh disappear and if that were to happen that would be a real tragedy to me that would be like um losing you know the general or whatever you know what i'm talking about right the the buster keaton movie with the train absolutely yeah, yeah, if you lose the general, the what, that's a well, man. I mean, what you can't watch the Godfather in the way it was originally <laughs> shot. That's that's yeah. not even that long ago. You cannot watch the Godfather the way it was originally colored and lit. That's is hey, you should be that should weird you out, dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People, I don't know. I I I want to experience the. I I want the media. I think it's okay if media changes, but I also sure. don't like it when someone uh, cuts off my access from an it's earlier version of something. I just think like. That when things come out, there's a responsibility for it to d- remain. What do you say? Oh, you're laughing about something. What do you say? Just, I mean, speaking of coming up on the calendar, we, this conversation is going to continue because next week we're doing Star Wars Shadows of the Empire <laughs> for the Nintendo 64. And if you do know what that game is, you definitely super know what that game is. And if you don't know what that game is, it's because of everything we just described to you. It's yeah. because literally Disney and LucasArts and Nintendo all went, yeah, well, yeah, fuck you. You don't need to have it. We don't care. <laughs> they preserved this. They were like, you can play this on PC uh, with what? I don't know. Figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Figure it out. <laughs> so, yeah, that'll be fun. Look forward to that next week. We are yeah. talking about... A game that I played with a mouse and keyboard, but was originally intended to be played with an N64 controller. I am a hero, (laughs) and you're just some punk. Thank y'all for listening to Old Gamers Almanac. Produced by Hunter Donaldson and Matt Martins. Music by Knight Corey. <laughs>